you are tuned in to Lightworkers Lounge, a podcast for spiritual souls on their journey of enlightening the world. I'm your host, Stephanie Powers. Welcome. You know, I'm having a full circle moment over here as I sit in this beautiful home that JL and I have manifested together, looking at boxes, a new toaster, beautiful plants. Jeffrey laying on the floor, so much space, so clean, so fresh. And thinking back to just six months ago, I was sitting in a tiny tree house, so cramped, full of stuff that wasn't even mine because I was renting it from someone. And I didn't own anything. I didn't own the bed, the sheets. I would record the podcast on this tiny little desk that was covered in a microwave that I never used. Um, paper plates that weren't mine and just a bunch of shit that wasn't mine that didn't belong to me don't get me wrong I was so happy in that little tree house because that was the first time I could say I live in the Florida Keys I pay for everything on my own I am on my own so I loved it I was so proud of it but to be here in this beautiful home that's a real home big windows and so bright and airy and it looks the way I, my soul loves to decorate. It's a moment. It's really a moment to just stop and look around. Look at our long hallway with a brand new washer and dryer like in the tree house I used to have to wash my clothes in some tiny old rusty washer outside and then hang my clothes to dry, which here in the humidity in the tropics takes so long. And now I can just pop it in a dryer. It's so full circle. You know, as I was manifesting a home in the Keys, um, I would fall into meditation and really dive deep into what my home would. You know, it was never a, I hope it'll look like this. I hope it'll feel like that. It was always, this is what it is going to look like this is what it looks like and I used to write down in my journal as I was manifesting this like Steph the place you're going to live in already exists the place you're going to build your home on that land is sitting under the same sun that you are under right now it gets the same moonlight that you go experience it's here it exists it's just waiting for you While you continuously strive for alignment with your dreams, keep your thoughts heavenward, keep them positive, keep working hard in the 3D to get towards what you dream of in the 5D, it's sitting right there waiting for you, and it's going to happen. You don't need to know when, you don't need to know how. My favorite saying, you don't need to see the whole staircase to get to the top, you just take one step and trust I mean, think about that analogy, really. When we know, when we need to go a floor or a few up, we go to a staircase. We take one step. Never once do we think, uh, is this going to lead me to where I want to go? Should I take another step? I don't know if this is going to go up one more level. I don't, should I? No. Or we subconsciously know that it is taking us to the second floor. So we just take step after step after step until we get there. We don't need to know what the door to the second floor looks like. We just walk. So 
Just wanted to share that full circle moment. And it ties in today's podcast episode about spiritual maintenance. How I have maintained my spiritual body on top of my physical body and emotional body to stay in alignment with my dreams and manifest and bring this dream in. But before we get started, I've had a real strong draw to my tarot cards again. I kind of lost it. I got really busy with other projects and the one-on-one consultations that we've had, which it's been so incredibly lovely to get to meet you guys one-on-one and have private conversations and get to know you and your spiritual journey and offer guidance on that path. It's been such a blessing an eye-opening learning experience for both of us. And I don't want you guys to miss out. This is, it's a temporary thing. I'm not going to do it forever because it's very time-consuming. And collectively, we pour our energy into each other during these Zoom calls. So I won't always have time to do that with all the projects on the horizon. But if it resonates with you as you listen to this, please, I want to meet you. I want to hear your story. If you think there's something that I can help you with, or if you simply want to just talk to someone from outside of your fishbowl, you guys know that analogy I always use, fishbowl. You are in a fishbowl of your relationships, your family dynamics, your career, where you live, but I'm outside of that so I can see things for what they really are and I can guide you either to a different part of your fishbowl, out of your fishbowl to create a new one or whatever it may be. Go to www.lightworkers-lounge.com and click on coaching and sign up for a one-on-one private consultation with me. Okay, I've got my tarot cards and I'm pouring energy into them because it's been a while since I've pulled a card during a podcast. And of course, what time do you guys think it is? 12-12. I personally look at 1212 as like a graduation number. I saw it during uh, my very last final in college when I was just so excited for what was to come and I knew as soon as I finished that exam, I was free. I had a college degree. It was real. So whenever I see 1212, I think of graduation and moving on to an exciting new chapter. Ah, which is funny because the card that fell out of the deck for us collectively is Page of Fire, news of an exciting new endeavor. Hmm. An exciting new opportunity comes your way. The angels guide you to wholeheartedly embrace this new chapter. It may seem like a challenge at first, but it's one you're ready for. Dazzle people with your originality and ingenuity. This card also represents a youth who's outgoing, creative, and passionate about life. Someone who enthusiastically seeks out new experiences and can make things happen. They're optimistic, they're confident, courageous, exhilarating, busy, and mischievous. Additional meanings on this card are good news. A creative project begins and believe in yourself. Wow, that resonates with me. Does it resonate with you? So this episode is called Spiritual Maintenance. I'm going to give you 11 different ways that you can work on your spiritual body. And the title of this podcast is um, inspired by a girl I worked with yesterday, Lindsay Brown. 
Shout out to her. We had a private consultation yesterday, and we talked about spiritual maintenance and what she does and what I do. And I just, I wrote that down immediately. I said, Lindsay, I got to use this. I already had the idea for this week's podcast episode, but I didn't know what I was going to call it. And again, I knew it would come to me. I knew that if I just lived my life, went about my day, bringing joy to myself and others, the title would come to me. And as soon as I saw Lindsay over Zoom, as soon as I saw her face say spiritual maintenance, I was like, boom, there it is. So thank you, Lindsay, for that. This episode, we're going to talk about how important it is to do spiritual maintenance on your soul. Now, you guys know I was a holistic health coach before I started Lightworkers Lounge, which that is a lot of the calls, you guys. When you sign up for private consultations, a lot of you want help with holistic issues like PCOS, infertility, thyroid, hormone, anxiety, depression, physical things. Because remember, that was my first love. That was my first career before this. For those of you who know astrology, my north node is in Pisces, which means my south node is in Virgo. In a nutshell, south node is your past life. It's what you used to do in past lives that you're trying to get rid of and shed. And this current life, your north node. My south node being in Virgo means that I, in past lives, was a doctor. I was a surgeon. I was all about the physical body and how to heal it. Pisces is the spiritual body. My north node in Pisces means my career, my purpose in this life revolves around spirituality, trusting in the universe, trusting in the unseen, instead of Virgo south node, only trusting in science, books, things I can touch, feel, see. Very interesting, right? And it's cool how it's played out in my life so far, because the first half of my life, we'll say, or my first 30 years, because I'm 31, was all about the physical body holistic health. How do I heal the thyroid? How do I feal the stomach? And now this next half, these next 30 years, we'll say, are going to be all about my north node in Pisces. It's going to be me learning to trust the universe, uh, connect and communicate with the unseen, and then teach that to others. Lightworkers Lounge. Isn't that neat? Just a little tidbit right there. If you guys are listening to this and you feel like you lack purpose in life or you're just so clueless, so lost as to what you should be doing in this lifetime. My first piece of advice is get back to who you are at your core. What did you love to do when you were younger that you no longer do anymore? And then look at your north node. Find your birth time, pull up your advanced birth chart, get all the placements, and find your north node. You know, I actually don't think you need your birth time for your north node. And a good book to learn about this is Astrology for the Soul by a woman named Jan Spiller. That's Astrology for the Soul. You can find it on Amazon. But she talks all about your north node and your south node in that book. And of course, teaches you how to find yours. So... I've got our Lightworkers Lounge music to float to playlist playing in the background. I hope it's not too distracting. It just, it helps ground me. So your spiritual maintenance is just as important as your physical maintenance. Think of this. We go to the doctors. We go to get physicals. We go to the dentist to check on our teeth. Um, We take care of our physical bodies because that is what we are socially conditioned to do. It's maintenance. We have to go get these things done. But why don't we have emotional maintenance, spiritual maintenance? Why is that not as common as going to the dentist yearly? 
You know what I mean? Getting a yearly physical. I think emotional maintenance is becoming more and more common. There's this meme going around on Instagram that talks about how the generation before us, like our parents' generation, and I say this being born in 88, uh, my parents' generation would look at therapy as, oh no, something's severely wrong with that person. They're going to a therapist? Oh geez, they're going to go live at a psych ward and wear a fucking white tight suit, whatever. Nuh-uh. Our generation is like, today at therapy, I had this experience. Oh my gosh, guess what? At therapy today, they gave me the greatest epiphany. We are looking at it as normal. And I don't care if you can sit there and say, I'm fine. I'm good. I, I laugh. I have friends. I'm healthy. I'm fine. I don't need to go to therapy. I don't agree with that. I think everybody should go for an emotional checkup, an emotional tune-up. Because the world we live in, it is hard to remain happy and balanced and grounded. It is next to impossible, especially as empaths, which I know a lot of you listening to this are empaths yourself. And you're listening to me say that like, oh yeah, super fucking hard to stay grounded. You guys know I used to suffer from severe anxiety and depression. 2016 was a year from hell. It was tough on me. That's when my depression and anxiety was the worst. I still get it day to day, but since living my truth, it's really gone away. I never took medication. I used herbal tinctures like lemon balm, CBD, cannabis, mushrooms. I believe in plants over pills. And there's nothing wrong with pills, again. So if you're taking medication for your anxiety or depression, good on you. That my body just tells me that that doesn't work for me. So, spiritual maintenance. I asked you guys on Instagram what you do for spiritual maintenance. And I just compiled a list of 11 things that were the most common. You guys loved sharing what you do. This is the most responded to sticker I've ever posted on my story. So thank you for that. And if you guys don't already follow me on my personal account, it's at Stephanie's underscore destiny. At Stephanie's underscore destiny. You know what's weird is Lightworkers Lounge, the podcast Instagram, has 233,000 followers. That is so insane for me to say because I started that with like 20. Whoa. But I get way more engagement on my personal profile, which has just under 14,000. So it's very interesting. And uh, I like it. I like it. So I compiled a list of 11 of the most common things and every single one you guys shared are things that I do. So it's neat that collectively we're all kind of doing the same thing because at the end of the day, we're all spirits having a human experience. So it's no wonder you guys all do very similar things for spiritual maintenance. Now let's bring it back to square one. If you're listening to this saying, what is the difference between spiritual maintenance and emotional maintenance? Like, what do you mean by spiritual maintenance? Spiritual maintenance is your spiritual body. Can you talk to your spirit guides? Can you discern between your intuition versus your anxiety and your fear? Can you trust your gut? Do you trust those intuitive pings? When you see a synchronicity, like a spirit animal or a repeating number, do you say, nah, that's just coincidence. Ah, I don't believe it. Or do you, do you feel those truth bumps, as we call them here in Lightworkers Lounge, and know that that was a message for you? 
Can you connect with your guides through tarot cards and trust that the cards that come out are a message for you? That is your spiritual body. So when you are confused about anything in life and don't feel like you have a connection or a mode of communication between you and your spirit guides, you're disconnected. Your spiritual body is disconnected. It's rough. It's tough. It needs more grounding, more centering, more balance. Now, emotional maintenance is more like fear, anxiety, love. It's, I'm trying to use an example, 3D. You guys know the different dimensions, I'm sure. 3D would be physical maintenance, going to get a dental checkup, a physical checkup, a pap smear, the OBGYN, whatever. That's 3D. That's physical. I would say 4D is emotional checkup, going to see, like I have, my emotional health coach, April Adams, going to see a therapist or an emotional health coach to be like, how are you doing with your relationships? How is your relationship with your mom going? Have you healed that relationship with your father? How are things for you and your brother? That's 4D emotional checkup. 5D is the spiritual. It's, hey, when's the last time you had an intuitive message come through to you in your dreams? Hey, when's the last time you had visions or communication with your spirit guides through meditation? When's the last time you took a risk that your ego and your 3D self said, no, 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 don't do it. You're going to fail. You're going to be poor. You're going to be broke. You're going to die, da, 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 and trusted your gut and went with it. That is your spiritual body. So that's what we're talking about when we say spiritual maintenance. So let's hop right into it. The 11 ways that you can work on your spiritual maintenance. Number one, the most common one that you guys said you do for spiritual maintenance is meditation and breath work. Meditation is so important when it comes to spiritual maintenance. You know, I when I was saying earlier in this podcast, hi Jeffrey. Jeffrey, my pug. I'm recording for you. You gotta go lay down. I used to meditate and dream of what my home on the Florida Keys would look like, what the front door would sound like when I opened it, where the kitchen was when you walked in and what it smelled like, um, what the front entryway looked like. And being here in this house, I'm kind of having the realization that this is what it looks like. It's a house on stilts, and there's stairs that zigzag to get up to the top where you walk in the front door. I'm closing my eyes and visualizing walking in. Yep. The kitchen was always right to the side on the right. Ours is. And I always saw a hallway just like the one we have. Mine had two bedrooms, but this house has three yeah, is I, I would say it's 80% accurate of what I used to visualize for my house here in the Keys. So meditation is so, so important. Um, I know a lot of people are like, I can't do it. I'm my, my thoughts, I hear you air signs, my Geminis, my Aquarians, my Libras. You're like, I just can't calm my thoughts, my racing thoughts. I can't meditate. Well, when you start off by saying I can't, you're already placing that on yourself, saying, well, there's no way. I'm just not made to do it. But meditation is made for us to do, to do. We can do it. You can do it. And that's why I combined it with breath work, is because 
you have to get your breath right in order to really fall into a meditation. This is something I've been working on lately because even though I'm moving into a dream home down here in the Keys, it's still stressful. It's very stressful being a one-man band running Lightworkers Lounge, trying to create a brand new home where we have nothing, like we are starting from scratch, didn't have any kitchen stuff, didn't have a bed, nothing. So trying to get all that to make this place livable while babysitting the dog trying to maintain my physical health. It's been a lot, so my anxiety has been pretty bad. And I've been working on breath work. So the key for me, and I'm no expert on breath work, I should actually have invite someone on the show who is, because it's so important, is I breathe in through my nose and out through my mouth. I've noticed since doing a bit of research on breath work that I'm a mouth breather. I breathe in and I breathe out through my mouth. Think of a dog. When they're panting, when they're nervous, or a cat, here we go, a cat, too. When an animal is nervous, how do they breathe? (laughs) In and out through the mouth. That is nonchalantly what I do all day. I take breaths in through my mouth and out through my mouth. And I actually learned this at IIN, the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, while getting certified as a health coach is... When you breathe in through your mouth, you're not hitting the vagus nerve. When you breathe in through your nose, you're hitting that nerve. And that air hitting that nerve sends a message to the body of, relax, you're okay, relax. And it actually hurts me (laughs) because I'm so not used to breathing in through my nose. It feels dry and irritated and it's practice. So I can't take that full, satisfied, deep breath through my nose because I'm so not used to it that it feels foreign and uncomfortable. (sighs) So that's what I've been trying to do. And once you do this a few times, you'll feel your body instantly relax. Throughout your day, as you're busy, you're running around, getting shit done, pay attention to how you're breathing. Say, am I breathing in through my nose? Shit, no. Out through the mouth. And just pick back up. You know, I feel compelled to share this with you. Uh, This morning I woke up and had a really bad bloody nose. And come on, I live in pure humidity. These are the things that happen to me when I live in Colorado or when I move to Texas in the dry air. I'll get a very mild bloody nose. This morning I had a bad one that wouldn't stop. So I have in front of me my tried and true, and we pull this up on our private consultations. A lot of you listening will recognize this. Heal Your Body by Louise Hay. I open this, and I turn to the page with nosebleeds, and it says the nose represents self-recognition. A nosebleed represents a need for recognition, feeling unrecognized and unnoticed, crying for love. The mantra is, I love and approve of myself. I recognize my own true worth. I am wonderful. Hmm. Crying for love, feeling unrecognized and unnoticed. I don't, I mean, I don't know if that resonates. A need for recognition. No, I feel recognized. You guys make me feel recognized every single day. Thank you for that. Perhaps it stems from something deep from childhood. I recognize my own intuitive ability. 
recognized by myself resonates. I need to learn to trust myself more and not let others decide. Or A big lesson I'm currently learning is that nobody knows what's best for me besides myself. It took me till my late 20s to realize, Mama, she knows a lot. She's very wise, but she doesn't know what's best for me. My best friends don't know what's best for me. My lover doesn't know what's best for me. Only I do. And that's what I'm learning is to trust myself. Even in the face of everyone I love who means the most to me saying, no, you should do this. Listen to yourself. So number one, spiritual maintenance is meditation and breath work. If you are new to this, there are so many guided meditations. I personally love the Insights app. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. Yeah, it's called Insight Timer. Those are guided meditations that you can do. I have some guided meditations on lightworkers-lounge.com. And that's a dash. It's not like spelt out D-A-S-H. It's an actual dash. You guys know the story of why I don't have lightworkerslounge.com. Still working on it, but... Long story short, somebody recognized our growth as Lightworkers Lounge was taking off really fast last year, and he bought the domain, and he's hanging it over my head for a lot of money. So, <laughs> long story short. Meditation and breath work. I'm going to have someone come on the show to teach us more about breath work and the importance of it, but breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth. I also, I've shared this in the podcast recently, um, the 444 meditation, breath work meditation, You breathe in through your nose for four seconds, hold it for four seconds, and then let it out through your mouth for four seconds, four, four, four. Do that four times and you will feel so different, relaxed and grounded. Moving along, number two. Energy tune-ups, energy clearings. This was so popular amongst you guys, and this is something I do as well. Reiki therapy, um, body energy therapy. There's, um, oh, I love Reiki massage. I love physical touch. That's my Sagittarius Scorpio moon side. Um, You can go to someone to tune up your chakras, get a Reiki massage, even just getting a massage, whether it's spiritually involved or not, pick a really good massage therapist who has good energy that you vibe with and you resonate with. You can do this by looking at their pictures online, seeing who you click with. But that is so important. And there's also intuitives or people out there who can clear blocks from your energy field. How do you find these people? I just do a simple Google search. Energy clearing in Key Largo, Florida. Reiki therapists in Miami, Florida. That's all it takes. And there's even distance. For those of you still very concerned about COVID, that's a very real thing, so understandable. You can do distance healing, long distance healing over Zoom calls or even on the phone. I've had that done before once. She used like quantum physics to, I called a pet psychic and she felt my grief over losing both of my cats in one day. And she moved a lot of really heavy energy in my sacral chakra. She moved it out. And it literally, because the sacral chakra is in your stomach, right? And when she moved it, she told me she was. And may call it placebo, I don't care. I felt a shift in my gut. Almost like when you feel like you have to go to the bathroom really quick. Like that. But I didn't have to go to the bathroom. I just felt it. And I felt so much lighter. So number two is energy tune-ups and clearings. Reiki. Whatever it may be. Whatever resonates with you. I'm going to have someone else come on the show too to talk about 
energy tune-ups and clearings. Clearing really heavy energy from your psyche. Another good one for this is my cutting energetic cords guided meditation. You can cut energetic cords that are stuck to your field, pouring negativity into your heart chakra by removing it. So lightworkers-lounge, click on guided meditations if you want to download that one too. Number three, moon circles and psychic groups, spiritual groups. This one is so important too. Shit, they all are. What is a moon circle? A moon circle is, I went to a women's one in New Hampshire during, um, well, after my divorce. I really needed some spiritual, emotional, physical maintenance. So you guys know if you follow my story. I moved home to New Hampshire, and that's where I met April Adams, my emotional health coach I still talk to today. That's where I worked on my physical health, and that's where I worked on my spiritual health. The moon circle that I went to, again, it was for women, and it was so beautiful. It was probably like 10, 15, sometimes 20 women all in one big room, and I remember we had like a little token that we would pass around for each person to talk, and it was so simple but so effective in spiritual healing. It was whoever had the little token, I think it was like a little goddess figurine, whatever, like a rock. It could be a crystal, a rock, whatever it may be. Whoever had it, they had the floor and they could speak. And the one question we would ask is, what is on your heart right now? Even when you show up to these things thinking, I don't know what I'm going to say, things come out when you're sitting in a silent room with all eyes on you, Things that you would normally not say or feel on your own living your day-to-day life will come out and you'll cry. Like, I'm not a crier. You guys joke. We joke that my eyes are constipated. I wish I had more cancer placements, but I don't. But at these circles, I would cry. I would cry for myself. I would cry for the people around me. They were so emotional. It was all women, so it was really nice to be in the feminine energy because... I am way too masculine dominant for a million reasons, and I'm trying to tap more into my feminine. So these women's full moon circles and these groups of other like-minded people who were just in tune with their spirituality as I was were more healing than any therapy I've ever gone to. Don't get me wrong. Therapy really helps. Highly suggest it. I went to therapy every other week straight for two years in a row. Couldn't recommend it enough. But again, that was my emotional healing, my emotional maintenance. This is spiritual maintenance. It helped me so much to go to these groups of other spiritual people that I think I might start my own. JL, if you're listening to this, (laughs) you might come home and there might be like 20 people in our living room, but I don't care. (laughs) And I know you won't either, baby. I want to invite people over to just give them a safe space, uh, a lot of you guys, when we have our private calls, you you literally are like, I don't know what I want to talk about. I just want to talk to someone who is like-minded in terms of spirituality, who doesn't think I'm nuts when I talk about, hey, I saw 222 22 times today. What do you think of that? It's, it's so healing to be around like-minded people when it comes to this spiritual stuff because... If we're not, we think we're crazy. We can't talk to people in, about astrology or moon signs or repeating numbers or spirit animals or dreams or whatever it may be if we're not around the right people. They, if we're overshadowed by people who just don't get it, they'll think we're nuts. They'll say, wow, you're really going off the deep end. You're nuts. Get back to reality. And that's so unhealthy. That steers you away from your purpose. So number three, moon circles and spiritual groups. How do you find them? Gosh, I found my moon circle through a friend of a friend. 
And my friend is actually the one who owns the place in New Hampshire that I went to. It's called Wild Woman's Wellness Center, if you guys live in New England. Um, just Google it. Again, a Google search. Social media, is too, is huge. Oh, look at yoga centers. Usually yoga studios will also have full moon circles and different um, ceremonies like that. In fact, that's how I met Tara, the astrologer that comes on the podcast a lot. And that's how I learned about my North Node is because... When I lived in Telluride, Colorado, I looked up the yoga studio to go take just a regular yoga class, and I looked at their calendar of events, and I was like, whoa, 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 wait a second. Look at all this stuff. They have a find your purpose through astrology class? Okay. So just do a quick internet search. Talk to people on social media. It'll come up. It'll manifest. Number four, movement. This was so common. Exercise. I know that's the physical body, but when I was a holistic health coach and I would work with people who suffered from depression, it was typically because they had stagnant energy. We, our bodies are made of energy, right? We are constantly moving. The energy in our skin and our flesh and our bones and our psyche and our emotions It is moving at warp speed, whether we're just sitting on the couch watching a movie or moving all about the house, doing laundry, mopping the floors. This energy is in us. So I find a lot of people who have depression have not moved their bodies. They have been sitting. They have been sitting at a desk all day. They have not walked. They have not stretched their arms. They have not lifted their arms, lifted their legs, jumped around. Like think, when is the last time you did a jumping jack or jumped on a trampoline or did a handstand? Probably never. Think of kids. Kids do not suffer from anxiety or depression. Why? Because those little crazy gremlins are constantly running around, flopping, dancing. Uh, me and Jael went to dinner the other night, and we always love to play Guess That Person's Astrology Sign. We saw this little girl who was probably like 8, 9, 10, just dancing, just walking around the restaurant, dancing. No music on, nothing, just flailing her arms, kicking her feet, dancing. It was so funny. We were like, oh, Sagittarius child through and through. But kids don't suffer from that because they're always in movement. They're always moving. So if you tell an eight-year-old, hey, go do a handstand, they'll be like, yes, okay, where? They'll probably just pop into one right in front of you. Even if they can't do it, they're still going to look, move around, flop around, try. Think of us as adults. We are so afraid to do that. We're like, well, shit, I might die. All the blood's going to rush to my head and I'll faint. My arms are too weak. I can't hold myself up. You know, we lose that. And then that's when the anxiety and the depression come in because we're not moving our bodies Guys, I get it. I'm a Sagittarius who can't sit still, uh, who needs variety. I'm a Taurus rising who also likes to just lounge around around my plants baking muffins. Like, I get it. It's no fun to go to a gym or, I mean, some people it's fun. For me, it's personally not. So I know if moving my physical body is such a huge part of spiritual maintenance. So I have to do things that are fun. I need to ride my bike to a beach where I'm going to watch the sunset and take pictures and talk to people. I need to dance. So many of you said you have your own personal dance parties in the house. Fucking right. That is a vibe right there. Literally, just get a nice Bluetooth speaker, crank that shit, turn on the music, and just dance. Um, Clean your house. Deep clean. Mop. Sweep. Dust hang things. That's moving your body. If you work from home or if you work in an office, I remember when I worked in a cubicle, 
my lunch break, I would always walk. Or even if I didn't have to go to the bathroom or need a drink, I would get up and walk as soon as I felt stagnant or sad or anxious. Just move. And if you're suffering from depression, I know I've been there. Deep, deep, deep been there. I've talked about it a lot on Instagram, actually. Um, Walk to the mailbox. Literally. I know your brain will tell you, no, fuck that. But do it. Walk and touch your mailbox and walk back in. Something will shift and you will feel a tiny bit lighter. Try it. A lot of you said you love to go swimming, you love to bike, you love to dance, and of course, the number one most popular way to move was yoga. I love me some yoga too, but I do not have the self-discipline to do like a full movement, not movement, uh, practice alone here at home. I used to have a morning practice that I would do, and so many of you asked what it was, but it's really just stretching, like... It wasn't a workout, so to speak, but every morning before I turn on my phone, I do like a quick 10-minute yoga practice, and it's so grounding. I stretch, I move that energy that's been complacent in my body all night, and it really sets the stage for a good day. I will say that is a huge part of my spiritual maintenance, and it kind of ties into all 11, is When I wake up in the morning, your energy is so fresh. You just had dreams, whether you remember them or not, but you were just dreaming, and your psyche, your subconscious was releasing things. You're fresh. It's a new day. It's a new sunrise. That energy of new is all around you. Don't taint it with fucking social media or text messages or anything. Just take a break. You know you're going to be on social media. You know you're going to be texting and calling and FaceTiming all damn day. Give yourself a break in the morning and absorb that new energy. Don't turn your phone. If you're so busy, like, JL, I'm looking at you. I know you're listening to this with a beautiful smile on your face. <laughs> like, don't turn your phone on, even if you're a business owner or you have to check on kids or you have to check on family members or friends. Like, just give yourself, if you're one of those who are so damn busy, give yourself five minutes. Time it if you have to. Look at the oven clock or the microwave clock and time it. Give yourself Just a moment where you stare out a window, you stare at the ceiling, you move your body, even if it's just walking to the kitchen to get a glass of water, but don't turn it on. If you're like me and you're abundant and you have the luxury of not turning on for like 30 minutes to an hour, ooh, wait till you see the mental health benefits of that. I like to do my yoga practice. I like to make my celery juice and drink it. And I like to pull a tarot card. Ooh. Your connection to your spirit guides is so strong in the morning, especially if you get up early, like right before, right at sunrise. It's so strong. Talk to them. Ask them questions and journal and get ready to write down keywords that they're sending to you or pull oracle or tarot cards. It's fresh. Your connection to them is not tainted by anything you've seen on social media, any text messages you've read, any FaceTime calls, like nothing. It is a clean, blank stage. You're walking out on the stage and your voice is echoing. And you have a brand new set of paints with a white canvas and you could paint anything you want. Like that energy is so potent, so strong, and so beautiful and healing. Savor it. It will change the tone of the rest of your day. Okay, number five is my personal favorite. This is my church. And a few of you actually said it's yours too. Number five is nature. It was so 
beautiful to see how many of you incorporate nature into your spiritual maintenance. And it was 50-50. Half of you said the forest is your nature, is your church. Walking barefoot in the forest, if you can. I know some people where you live, there might be pokey things that'll hurt your feet. But walking in the forest is so healing. For those of you who have listened for a while, you know that my spiritual awakening happened in Fort Mill, South Carolina, right near Charlotte, North Carolina. And I walked in the woods for two hours every day. My physical health was just an added bonus. I wasn't worried about losing weight or looking good. Like when you get to that point, when you're worried about losing weight and just look good, you know what I'm saying? It's like, that's going to come and go real quick. You'll reach your goal of looking good, fitting in that size jeans, whatever it may be. But something's going to happen and you're going to eat and you're going to gain weight and you're going to da da da. When you focus on your spiritual maintenance through movement and physical activity, those are permanent results. Those are permanent results. Okay, nature, church, forest. So many of you said walks in the woods are the most healing, potent medicine you can do for your spiritual maintenance. Amen. I personally think that should have been number one, but I went by how many people said what. Number one was definitely meditation and breath work. The other half of you said water. And I bet it's because your sun, moon, or rising is in a water sign, Scorpio, Pisces, or Cancer. Water. I have a Scorpio moon. JL, my partner, he's got a Scorpio moon too. Do we live on the ocean? Yes. Do we live on an island surrounded by water? Yes. Do we feel so much better? Me and JL, we look better, sound better, feel better when we are near the water, be it lake, river, stream, ocean. That is our safe place, our haven. Uh, JL and I actually meditate together. We go on like spiritual journeys together. And I know a lot of you right now are going, what, how, teach me. Boom, I just had, there we go. See, again, I I was already thinking, what is this week's Friday bonus chat going to be about? Because it's been me and JL. We've been recording every week together. So this week we're going to talk about how we meditate together. He doesn't know it yet. He's probably listening to this, and this is probably the first time he's heard it. So he's probably going to text me as he hears this saying, oh, we are? Thanks for telling me. (laughs) But that's what we're going to do. You know, I think back to the time we were just friends uh, about this time last year. Not dating, we were dating other people, but we were friends, really good friends. And I remember one night, he was he didn't know that I was going through something really hard. I didn't tell him that because it was an embarrassing thing with my past relationship. But he said, hey, before we said goodnight, he was like, hey, let's, let's meditate together. Starting at 11, 11 p.m., close your eyes and meditate. I'll meet you there. And without any questions, I was like, okay. And then he said, okay, and then come back at this time. And I said, okay. So I put my phone down and I waited till the clock struck 11.11 and I laid on this brown couch in my little apartment, closed my eyes, and I went into this meditation. And I'm going to save it for the Friday bonus chat of what I saw exactly because it's very personal and kind of private. But Friday bonus chats, you guys are like me and JL's real friends. Like it's so cool how you know us on an intimate level. And we're going to talk about it. That's what me and JL are going to talk about this Friday. So lightworkerslounge.podbean.com. Click on any Friday bonus chat to subscribe. But I came back and met him. We were talking on Instagram at the time through DMs. And I said, okay, this is what I saw. And he saw all the same things. And we often talk about that vision today because it applies to our life still and where we're going and what we're creating. And it was just incredible. 
Wow, got a little off topic, but really felt compelled to share that with you. So number five was nature. That is everyone's church. Whether you need to go near the water or go into a forest, go earthing. So many of you said you like to walk barefoot, whether it be on the beach in the sand, on comfortable squishy grass in the forest, get out in nature. And I am not talking about a public park where there's lots of people. I am talking about finding somewhere where you're alone. Go in the woods alone. Let me tell you, that is a spiritual experience in itself. You want to talk to your spirit guides? Go walk somewhere in nature alone. Go ahead. Feel feel afraid. Feel like animals are going to attack you or a creepy person is going to run out and attack you. That shit ain't going to happen. That's what the news and societal conditioning has taught you. It's not going to happen. Guarantee it. Go out in the woods alone. Walk miles into the forest alone. See what happens. Go out in a kayak on a lake by yourself. See what happens. Go out and watch the sunrise alone. See what happens. Number six. Oh, this one's fun. Number six. Mushrooms and cannabis. Drugs. Yeah, drugs. I don't like that word. I'm not going to call them drugs. Drugs has such like a negative connotation to it. Nope, not a vibe. But as I call them with my best friend Sarah, frequency shifters. A lot of people said that they use cannabis, whether they eat edibles, they smoke weed, um, they consume mushrooms. And this is not recreationally. A lot of us, again, are uh, socially conditioned to believe that you're passing around a bowl that you light up bong with a group of friends at a house party, or you're at a rave in a fucking music festival and you take mushrooms and you trip bruh and you're wearing tie-dye peace love and there's orgies like no that's so no i mean of course there's nothing wrong with all that stuff by the way i'm not making fun of it like that's real stuff and it helps a lot of people that is someone's spiritual maintenance to each their own cheers to that rock on but to use i call it using plants over pills you guys know from the podcast that I microdose mushrooms. That is such a good way for me to get in touch with my spirit guides. And I either do it alone in a very quiet, controlled environment where I feel safe and comfortable, or I do it with JL where I also feel very safe and comfortable. Um, I don't really do cannabis anymore because mushrooms just trump everything. Those beautiful babies, I just like it so much more but cannabis can relax you especially indica strains they can really relax your mind make you feel creative um a lot of you come to me in the private consultations and you want to know how you can kill your ego or see through the veil that your ego puts up mushrooms one gram or less you don't have to hallucinate and see things dancing on the wall no not at all you can still hold a conversation make yourself dinner you're still very functional but your ego gets dissolved for the four-hour trip that you're on mushrooms. And it's beautiful. The revelations that come through are phenomenal and change your life. Spiritual maintenance, 100%. Now, be careful because some people do mushrooms and think, wow, life without an ego is so bomb. But mushrooms, you know, as with everything, moderation. I use mushrooms probably once or twice a month. Um, and again, I've mentioned before, when JL and I have a little falling out in our romantic relationship, we will consume mushrooms together to have really candid, open, egoless conversations. So it's spiritual and emotional maintenance. I absolutely love it. 
And I know so many of you are, I'm sure, pulling up my name and email about to say, well, where can I get some? Unfortunately, I can't tell you that because legalities in the podcast, you know, the drill. But what I will say is it's legal in Colorado and I believe California too. You guys are smart. Do your research. (laughs) Number seven. This one was really cool. This one is so simple, but so powerful. Number seven is going for a drive. Going for a drive. You know, I'm registering Suzy Q, the Subaru, my car, my beautiful Subaru Forester with 163,000 miles on it. You know, I have the money and the credit score now to go get a new car, but I don't want to. I love her so much. I got Susie in the midst of my divorce because I didn't have a car during that and it was kind of a rushed ordeal but to me Susie represents breaking free. She represents following my truth and I ain't gonna lie I'm not too big to admit I think Subaru Foresters are ugly and when, when like I was so full of ego I was like I want a white Jeep Wrangler I want a nice white SUV with black rims and a sound system but I didn't have any money at the time I was just starting working for myself and you don't make money off the bat it takes years to make a decent income from it so I didn't have any money my credit score was shot and so I had to settle with a very used Subaru Forester that needs a lot of maintenance all the time and I thought wow I remember crying to my mom like I look like a soccer mom I look like a nerd I'm finally like I'm old lady status she was like Steph get your ass get your head out of your ass It is just a car to get you from A to Z. You don't, A to Z, what the fuck, A to B. You don't have to, it doesn't matter what it looks like. That's all ego. And she was right. And now I don't give a shit. I don't even think about it. It, It's so interesting to see who I was two years ago thinking about that stuff. Because now Susie is family. She, oh, she's like my daughter, my best friend. To me, she represents freedom. She represents getting away, running away, running to my dreams, She's carried me and the few things that I had as belongings. And Jeffrey, my pug, she's carried us back and forth across the country multiple times. And a few people have even noticed me from Susie because she's got a big Wander Forever bumper sticker on the back of my windshield. And people notice it. So I was going to get Florida license plates and a Florida license finally, which feels so good to be so official. All I need is a whistle resident of the Florida Keys and this shit was expensive I was not ready for that how it was hundreds of dollars close to like four hundred dollars but I didn't care I was like you know what fine take my money I'll make it back but I was like to me the investment in a car the monthly payment the car insurance the license and registration it is so worth it because you can't put a price on freedom And going for a drive alone when you can blast the music, play the same song 18 times in a row, that is therapy. And I know for a fact that so many of you are listening to this saying, fuck yeah, because last year I posted a picture of me and Susie Q and I wrote about how I'm going to cry when I eventually trade her in and how I felt that way since I've been 16 and got a driver's license I cry every time I trade in all my cars and I name them and I have relationships with them and it's funny to say but each relationship with each car is different it's a different shade and it's so interesting they're literally like pets I don't know how else to explain it but I know you guys know our cars are like pets so going for a drive I love that a few of you said that that is your spiritual maintenance Oh, you know what's really cool is I, whenever I record like this, I think of 
where you guys are at, what kind of car you're driving. And I think of my voice. It's going into a microphone here in Key Largo, but it's coming out of your speakers in California, Texas, Idaho, New Hampshire, Australia, Europe. It's just so fucking dope. Number eight, journaling. Ooh, this one was popular. This one went hand in hand. A lot of you said you do meditation, breathwork, yoga, and then you journal. Journaling is so important. Like in the age of technology where we text and type, there is something so beautiful about good old-fashioned pen on paper. Journaling. I love to just doodle. Sometimes I'll throw on my headphones, turn up the music, and just write. Whatever comes to mind, just write it out. Draw pictures if you don't feel like writing anything. Just put pen to paper. You know, an exercise that I do for journaling is whenever I'm stuck in a negative thought pattern, I'll grab my journal and I'll write down all the negative thoughts. I'll write down like, Steph, you suck at recording. You sound like you have no idea what you're fucking talking about. You know, I'll just write down, you are out of shape. You used to be thinner. Nobody likes you. Nobody thinks you're good enough. Da, 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 da. And then I'll go for a walk. I'll go for a bike ride. I'll clean the kitchen. And then I'll come back to it once I've moved that energy out. And I'll read it and I'll be like, wow, I'm an asshole to myself. Where does this harsh inner critic come from? And then I'll cross out, put a huge line through those mean statements. And then I'll write, Steph, you do know what you're talking about. You have so much life experience, so much education. People love what you have to say. Otherwise, your platform wouldn't be as big as it is. And I'll cross each one out and write something positive about debunking it. And it's such a powerful self-therapy modality. I cannot suggest it enough. Another thing I love to do is I write a pros and cons list. When I am faced with something, I just can't decide what to choose, yes or no, this or that, move here or move there, this person or that person, this job or that job, pros and cons. Pros and cons of moving here, pros and cons of staying where I'm at. There is something so moving and influential about seeing it on paper, getting your thoughts on paper. So journaling, very important. Number nine, super fun one, tarot and oracle cards. This is definitely big spiritual maintenance. Pulling tarot or oracle cards to speak to your guides or to get clarity and guidance on something that you just can't seem to figure out. Now, don't use tarot or oracle to try and predict the future. Am I going to end up being with this person? Are they going to text me back? Are we going to be together in the end? Those are some of the most common questions I receive. That's our ego. Check your ego, guys. If you want to know, am I going to get the job? Am I going to fall in love? Am I going to get pregnant? That's your ego. It wants to know yes or no, black or white, and when, and with who. I need to know everything, but think about it. What if you knew you were going to meet the love of your life in November and you were going to get pregnant in December and you were going to buy a house in February? What if you knew? How, like, how would you behave every day? Hmm. Think about that. Do you really want to know your destiny? Do you really want to know your future? Like to a T? Use tarot and oracle cards as guidance. You know, when I pull cards that are like too much going on at once, you're trapped in negative thoughts, ego's too big. It's like, it's kind of like seeing 666, 
People think, oh shit, no, devil, demon, bad energy. Ah, no. I like seeing 666. 666 represents your spirit guide saying, hey, come on, you're too much in the 3D. Step back into 5D. Step back into your Pisces North Node, Steph, and trust us. So tarot and oracle cards, use them wisely. I wouldn't suggest pulling, like, I mean, unless you are super advanced with it. I personally like to keep it simple. Maybe that's my Taurus rising. But I only pull three cards. I limit myself to that. Otherwise, if I pull, like, 6, 8, 12, 24, it's just like, whoa, dude. I'm, I'm trying too hard to know my future. And that's not for me to know. I need guidance. So I only pull three cards at most but I can't suggest it enough and also a really good tidbit about tarot and oracle cards is try and find a metaphysical shop near you and go in and touch the boxes look at the boxes of oracle cards tarot cards and see which ones really resonate with you a lot of you who when we talk about tarot on our private calls you say like oh I got this one for my birthday oh my boyfriend got me this for Christmas last year but I don't really vibe with it I have found that when people gift us tarot and oracle, we don't connect with it. I don't necessarily know why, but there is something powerful about picking out your own deck in person too. Not just ordering them online, but in person. I don't know. Just a little tidbit there. But yes, definitely a beautiful spiritual maintenance. It's also getting your tarot and oracle cards read by someone else. Ooh, yes. Very, very powerful. And you can find people to do that. You, Me. I'll do that shit myself. You know, I know I took it down momentarily, but I feel so much more grounded and more connected to my spirit guides now that I'm home and your spirit guides and connecting with your energy now that mine is much more fluid. So lightworkers-lounge.com. Click on tarot readings and book you one. I do regular tarot, relationship and twin flame tarot, and lightworkers oracle cards. So... Go check that out if you want a reading done by me because that's a very important spiritual maintenance is third party outside the fishbowl guidance and influence. Number 10. Oh, number 10. Animals. A lot of you said your animals, your pets, your fur babies are a huge part of your spiritual maintenance practice. You know what was beautiful is um, I should go look up her name, but somebody responded to the sticker and said she works with cows. She like volunteers with rescue cows. And that is her spiritual maintenance is being out in the field with them. I just loved that. And a lot of you own horses and you said horseback riding or grooming them or just being with them is such a spiritual experience for you. I know for me, being with Jeffrey every morning, part of my routine before I touch my phone or talk to anyone is I wake up and I grab Jeffrey's little squishy pug face and I kiss him and I say, Jeffrey, are you ready for another day together? I'm so excited to spend another fun day with you. And I kiss him and I love on him and I rub his belly. I mean, you guys can hear my smile just talking about that. That right there, what you feel, what I feel is spiritual maintenance animals oh you know my best friend paulina we were talking on facetime the other day and she was crying and her golden retriever kansas my niece she just went up to her she just like stepped in front of the camera and started licking her tears and i just watched and started crying myself and it's like animals are so spiritual they're such unconditional clean energy 
I highly suggest for baby love, for spiritual maintenance, cats. Ooh, cats are so spiritual. If you guys follow JL at Battlefield Self, my loving partner, please go tell him that we need to adopt a cat. <laughs> I've been trying to convince him. We need a kitty cat. You know, we're manifesting it. I already know we have their names picked out, Marfa and Gatsby. So we're, we're starting the process. <laughs> But I love it. Animals, so important. You know, I'm going to get back into it now that I feel grounded and rooted in home. A huge part of my life has been volunteering at animal shelters. In South Carolina, I was a photographer who took pictures of the animals to put online and on social media. I love to foster kittens and puppies. Um, Yeah, I'm going to get into that. Spiritual maintenance, animals, 100%. And last but not least, number 11. This one was surprising, but I'm glad most of you brought it up because this is a part of my personal spiritual maintenance that I didn't realize and would have never said had I not read your responses. Plants. Plants and flowers, specifically speaking. Um, So JL and I, we moved in. We've been here over a week now. He's in Texas right now for a few weeks, so it's just me solo. But plants, uh, we spent way too much money at a local nursery on plants. So now we've got this beautiful home with white walls, a clean white floor, with bright green hanging plants all over the house. And it's such a vibe. It's so clean, fresh, relaxing, and plants, they're alive. And I've been teaching JL about growing your own food. In Austin, we had a garden, and it was so fun to grow our own tomatoes, squash, zucchini, peppers... And it's so rewarding to oh, pick your own food, bring it in the kitchen, slice it, eat it, cook it. Oh my gosh, that is spiritual maintenance. Flowers especially though, a lot of you said you love to grow flowers or go buy flowers to put in a vase on your tabletop and, or on your desk in your office. That is spiritual maintenance, caring for plants, talking to them. Like right after I post this, I'm going to go clean my fiddle leaf fig because its leaves are a little dusty. Um, It's so important. Plants are alive. I look at my plants around me right now and I know that they're cleaning the air in my home. I mean, I I was sneezing a lot because this place was dusty when we moved in. We've been here a week with our plants and I am not sneezing anymore. And it's just, it's spiritual maintenance, talking to them. Because these are living, breathing beings, plants, 100%. So I loved that you guys shared, tending to a garden or taking care of plants in your home, watching them grow, get bigger. It's so rewarding and words can't explain. You just have to do it. So can't suggest it enough. Go to your local plant nursery and get you some plants. See which one speaks to you. Give your plant a name. Touch its leaves. Water it. Feed it. Give it sunlight. Hey, you know what? You're a plant too. Mm-hmm. I learned this in holistic health school as well. Like, let's see, for an example, if I don't feel good, I'm not going to just run to the doctor and get an antibiotic. I'm going to say, okay, my tummy hurts. Have I been getting enough nutrition, like healthy nutrition, fruits and vegetables? Have I been outside in the sunlight? Have I been drinking enough water? You know, these are all things we ask ourselves when we go look at our plants and I say, oh no, my fiddle leaf fig has a brown leaf. I'm going to go stick my finger in the dirt and see if it's dry and needs water. I'm going to look at the sunlight and see if it's getting enough or too much. I'm going to see if it needs more food. 
You know, look at yourself as a plant. Are you dehydrated? Have you gone outside and been in the sunshine with fresh air breathing in through your nose? (laughs) Have you been getting adequate nutrition through fruits and vegetables? Look at those things first before you go see a doctor. Okay? Okay. This was a really good episode. You know, it's not easy to record by myself, but although I'm sitting in a very empty, quiet room, I like to think of you guys sitting in front of me like we're having coconut milk lattes together at a coffee shop, just having a cool conversation about spirituality and how we can stay grounded and rooted in our spirituality. It's awesome. All right, you guys, I'm out of here. It was so fun spending our Wednesday morning together. I'm going to go ride my bike. I've been sitting at this computer too long. I can feel my energy. Like, it's so passionate. I pour so much into this podcast, and it needs to move. I'm going to go for a bike ride and listen to music and throw Jeffrey my pug in the back basket, and we're going to go cruise, go look at the ocean, breathe in those negative ions that pour out of the waves. I love you guys. Thank you so much for spending a Wednesday with me again. Friendly reminder, I'm doing tarot readings, and I do private consultations one-on-one. We can do it through a Zoom, FaceTime, video chat, or if you're more introverted, we can do it through WhatsApp, audio messages. Go to lightworkers-lounge.com and click on coaching. You can also click on tarot readings to get a reading from me as well as part of your spiritual maintenance. And another friendly reminder, sign up for our Friday bonus chats. My partner, Jael, and I have been dropping really good episodes uh, about what it's like to date someone with children and co-parenting and how we connect and heal our relationship through frequency shifters, aka mushrooms. And this week, we'll talk about meditations we do together. It's such a good way to learn about yourself and your relationships. And JL and I are absolutely honored that we can share our journey so openly and candidly with you to help you on yours. So lightworkerslounge.podbean, that's P-O-D-B-E-A-N.com. Lightworkerslounge.podbean.com. Click on any Friday bonus chat to subscribe. It's a little orange button down at the bottom, $9.99 a month, and you can cancel anytime you'd like. I'm going to leave you guys with a song that I have been blasting in my headphones as I cruise on my beachcomber bike. Her name's Rosie, by the way, because she's rose gold. It's called Don't Worry About It by Kings. This is part of my spiritual maintenance, is blasting this song as I ride by the ocean and see the sunrise or the sunset, and I just feel so free, so happy, so back to myself now that I'm home. It's called Don't Worry About It by Kings, and you can find it on Spotify on our Lightworkers Lounge playlist of the month. Sending you guys so much love from the Florida Keys and beyond. I'll see you next week. Goodbye. Run free, boy, run free. That's what I would have said to the young me. Sometimes I feel I grew up just a little fast. Sometimes I wish I was an old me. I still pour it up and keep it lit. With the friends that I came up with. Smooth sailing like we on the ship (laughs) We don't worry about it And we don't worry about it So don't you worry about it you worry about it
reminiscing childhood. Backpacks and VCRs, snapbacks and first cars. <laughs> Ooh, what a feeling. After school, we get aboard. Around the crew like all aboard. Skating to the sundown. Grab a chicken, fool around. <laughs> Fake IDs and hit the town. Hit the plumb, but we don't hit the ground. Planning a vacation over New Year's, but we barely had the money to go have some Nike shoe pairs. Never watching TV, no screens with sunscreen, suntans, and bikinis. Never watching TV, no screens with sunscreen, suntans, and bikinis. Run free, boy, run free. That's what I would have said to the young me. Sometimes I feel I grew up just a little fast. Sometimes I wish I was an old me. I still pour it up and keep it lit. With the friends that I came up with. Smooth sailing like we on the ship. We don't worry about it. Instead of sending tweets, I used to send the call. Instead of Uber.